Welcome to the Whiskey Congress. Honest, open talk dedicated to speaking the truth to those who are open to hearing it. Black, white, right, left. Most importantly, honest, bold, and fueled by good whiskey. In Whiskey Veritas, we are Whiskey Congress. Join the evolution. Whiskey Congress is back in session. Steve and I are together in the Cleveland studio. Again, we're coming at you a little later than usual. Um, but uh, we're coming at you, and by uh, waiting a day, we get to talk about something that I'm pretty very concerned about, and that is the fact that Hamas launched open attacks on Israel today. So I'm here with Steve. Um, obviously, I'm sure you saw a lot of yeah. what's going on. It is as bad as anything in that region uh, or between those two parties in, in my lifetime, if not yeah. ever. Um you know, hard, hard to go back. I mean, I, I remember in the 90s, like, things were pretty bad, um, but, you know, like, not like this, right? And there's a lot of questions around this in terms of, you know, like, the Israelis are pretty advanced when it comes to, uh, you know, technology yeah. and, um, you, you know, know... Internal like, defense, yeah. Yeah, defense and security and everything like that, so it... it you know, there's a lot of questions of like, how are you going to catch the Israelis off guard? You know, did they have, did the Palestinians have help within within the Israeli government? I don't want to go down that road, but that's out there. And when you look at how all this went down, um, it does seem surprising. Right. Um, now you also have the other side of it where, you know, people are like, oh, well, Biden gave them $6 billion and they're using that money to, you know, gave they Iran, gave, gave Iran. Iran $6 billion. I, I ran and turned around and used that money to help fund this. Um, look, unless they're unless they're doing terrorism on credit and IOUs now, um, I don't believe that that's what, ha what happened because that money is in Qatar. It's in a Qatari bank that's controlled by the U.S. Treasury, I believe, and they haven't taken a dime out of it to this point yet. Um, so that that specific money is not what they use. Now, people were just like, well, if you hit the lottery, then you know you're going to start spending money right away. So Iran hit the lottery, so they just started spending other money. Okay, maybe, right? But, I mean, they didn't use our dollars to fund it. Now, and this is, this is something that they planned. It wasn't like they just right. kind of came up with it in the last few weeks. It's It seems like all the reports are saying like there was – months and months of planning that had gone into this. So chances are this was not something that, um, you know, was funded by a recent influx of dollars, right? right. Um, but, the, you know, like the, there's plenty of questions about, you know, how we got to this point, but all that is, doesn't matter nearly as much as the fact that it's happening now. You know, last I saw that the death toll was up over 700 people. Um, you know, they're very indiscriminate with who they're killing. They've killed Americans. They've killed Europeans. You know, people there on vacation, people there uh, for school. Um, just a lot of heartbreaking stories. Just a lot of brutal scenes coming. Um, you know, through Twitter or X or whatever we want to call it. Um, and uh, look, this is uh, this is troublesome. Yeah, I, I mean, and, mm -hmm. and that's an understatement because, I mean, aside from the fact that you've got a war going on with Russia and Ukraine right now, you've got China flexing on Taiwan. Now you've got, you know, Hamas and, and the Palestinians attacking Israel. Um, you know, that's, that's a lot of instability. You know, China hasn't done anything with Taiwan yet, but, you know, anyone with any knowledge of that situation uh, is, their assholes are tight uh, regarding that, and now you're dealing with an actual, uh, 
you know, attack between between the Palestinians and the Israelis. And, it, you know, I don't know what the answer is here. Um, you know, uh, there's uh, I got frustrated over the weekend. I didn't say anything on Twitter um, because it just feels like it's so empty, right? Like there's there's innocent people being murdered and killed, you know, and, and me kidnapped put, and held for kidnapped, hostage, all that sort of stuff. I mean, yeah. like uh, throwing out a oh, I, I pray with Israel, I stand with that. Like I, I to me, like that, uh, save that for the people who need to do it to make themselves feel better. But I really kind of want to know how do we, how, you know, how does Israel get, you know, push Hamas back? Um, you know, what is the U.S. doing in support of them? Um, you know, are the Israelis going to take this out on innocent people in Palestine? Um, you know, like th those are my concerns because I, 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 with this conflict, I, I, I can't pick sides as much as people will want to force you into a box like you have to be pro-Israel or you have to be pro Palestine. The reality is, is that it's an ugly history over the last hundred years. Um, you know, the Israelis have done plenty wrong to innocent Palestinian civilians, Hamas, and and you know various whether you want to call them rebels or, or resistors PLO, yeah. or PLO or whoever have done plenty of wrong to to Israelis. Um, you know, both innocent and and less so. Uh, and this is not one where I'm picking sides. I'm, I'm worried about innocent people in the region overall. Um, you know, there's reports that Israel was going to basically go scorched earth on the Gaza Strip, and they gave people a certain amount of time, like 24 hours or something like that, to get out of the area because they were just going to basically raise it. Um, so I, I, I don't know. Um, what I do know is that this is ugly. Um, Israel needs to respond. I, I hope that their response, um, you know, falls within the rules of war. And, and they try to, you know, the best they can to avoid as much collateral damage as possible and not just go in and say, we're going to take out everybody. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, I've been looking at stuff on Twitter and other social media, and you do get people saying, you know, start naming the atrocities committed by Israel. That doesn't make this okay. Um, at the same time, you know, I, like, I've fluctuated on this a lot. I was used to be like a straight line Israel guy. And then I started to learn more about what goes on in, in the Gaza Strip and in the West Bank and just in general in, in Israel. And the Israeli uh, security forces basically get to act with impunity. Yeah. I mean, all the times we talk about improper police shootings, we would not talk about that if we were an Israeli show because nothing is impossible. <laughs> Nothing improper. Improper, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah, and it's improper. something, you know, I, I have close friends that are from Palestine or Palestinian or closely, uh, you know, connected to, to the country, started to hear their stories, started to, you know, just research more about what happens over there. Um, you know, have, have, you know, there was a really good podcast, I forget the name of it, that kind of went back and traced the history, you know, that was very objective. Um, you know, giving, you know, all sides of, of the situation. Um, and it's brutal. And honestly, as, as an African American, you, you, at least I tended to, to, uh, connect with the Palestinians with some of the experience that they had that very much mimicked experience that, you know, African Americans in urban settings have here in the U S right experience that I myself have had 
um, you know, with police basically acting with impunity um, and knowing that there was, you know, nowhere to turn, nowhere to report it to because you weren't going to be listened to and, and your situation was going to go from bad to worse if you did. Um, but at the same time, you know, there's plenty of blood on the PLO's hands and Hamas's hands um, and, and, and others on the Palestinian side. And I don't care what you call me in terms of, well, oh, well, you're not willing to pick a side. No, because this is real life. Right. Um, I'm, I'm on the side of protecting innocent people. You know, so I know we're sending uh, the Gerald Ford, a U.S. Uh, carrier group, into the Mediterranean. Right. Maybe he already be there. I'm not it, sure. it's, yeah, if, it's not, if it's not there yet, it's, it's on the way. And um, that concerns me a great deal, too, because it reminds me, I was a kid when it happened, but in like the early 80s, when Reagan was in office, we sent a bunch of Marines into Beirut. And they were in a barracks. And they were given very poor, um, a very poor mission statement. They really yep. just, we're here, we're America, you're not going to fuck with us. Well, some guy loaded a truck up with, with bombs, drove into the barracks, and killed a couple hundred Marines. And I'm not, you know, a, a, an aircraft carrier is not nearly as easy and easy a target as, um, as a barracks in Beirut, but it's still a target. It's going to be within missile range. I don't think we have an iron dome uh, around our carriers. I mean, I'm sure they have missile well, defense systems. I mean, they've got radar and missile defense system. It's going to be very hard to get something off at a U.S. aircraft carrier, um, you know, in in that region. Um, I, they wouldn't send it there if it was going to be a sitting duck. I would um, hope not, but Reagan did. Well, I mean, that was... You know, forty years ago, almost. True. So, true. I mean, little, a little bit different. Oh but, yeah, we never repeat mistakes in America. No, it's true. But I mean, like, it, it just like look, technology is advanced. Like, the, true. It, it's it's also it's it's an aircraft carrier, right? Like, right. I mean, it, it's just it, it's going to be a lot better protected than than those barracks. Not to say that something can't happen, um, that they couldn't sneak or one that through, they would try. or right. Like, but at the same time, I, I'm less concerned about that. Uh, if they do, my my concern is. Not so much that that they would try and be successful because I don't think that they would be. Um, my concern is then what is our response and then what does that lead to? Exactly. We need to have a mission statement. I mean, the worst possible thing is for us to put a carrier there, have it get attacked successfully or otherwise, and then what do we do? Do we start lobbing shells into the West Bank? I don't think so. I, I'm count. I'm uh, Mark Milley who just uh, re, re, you know completed his uh, term as the uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, is now gone. We've still got asshole fucking uh, Tommy Tuberville blocking military promotions. I don't know if that affects the next Joint Chief of Staff. I would hope not, but it might. Um, I, know, I think he's already in... Okay. I think he's already in position, and I, I don't think... I mean, think that's Tom a presidential Trump, appointment, so maybe yeah, it doesn't I, need to get approved by... I don't think Tuberville can, can okay. impact Probably that. Probably not, that, not that I think um, it's And I'm almost positive he's already been sworn in. Because uh, he, yeah. he is you're, you're right. from That's the Air Force. He's black. Uh, I want to say, I think he's a general. Uh, but I, would, in the Air I, Force, I would think so. Yeah. I want to make sure he's not like an admiral or something right. like that, But which is Navy. Right. Uh, but I, I think we're good in terms of leadership. Um, you know, you do have concern going back to Tuberville and what in his bullshit that he's trying to pull. Um, 
you know, but I think we've got in place what we need to, to deal with the situation. Now, the concern is, you know, I think we're five weeks away or so from the having to deal with the government shutdown issue again. Um, you know, I've been busy today, but I don't believe that we have a new speaker. We do not. Uh, and, you know, Kevin McCarthy is out uh, as Speaker of the House. Matt Gates, uh, you know, pulled a stunt. Um, yes, he did. A lot of questions around the reasoning and who was behind the stunt. Um, you know, did Trump talk to Gates and have, you know, Gates push McCarthy out and, you know, with the help of the Democrats, which I... You know, that move to me, I still wonder what the Democrats were thinking. On the one hand, yes, it does throw the GOP into this just all out, you know, cannibalistic cat fight. Right. But at the same time, if they turn around and put Trump in as speaker, which seems unlikely, but it's definitely possible because it doesn't have to be someone that's even in Congress. Um, then, then what are you dealing with, right? Because, right. you know, Trump is, Donald Trump is focused on one person and one person only, and that's Donald Trump. And so from his speaker position, I can imagine that his main goal would be to get the federal um, indictments against him shut down the best he can, whether it's, you know, shutting the government down or, you know, going after, you know, people in the DOJ to shut these things down. Um, but that's a, Big concern that you have to worry about with Trump going into the speakers, uh, the speakership. Uh, you know, Jim Jordan has thrown his hat, hat in the ring, congressman out of Central Ohio, uh, here in Ohio and in, in Central Ohio. Uh, you know, Jim Jordan has proven that he's a literally a moron, uh, and so uh, that would not be a great person to fill that spot. I'm not sure what the direction they're going. The guy that they have in there now, I don't really know a ton about him, um, but. You know, it's definitely problematic, right? Like you've got what you've got going on in Russia and Ukraine. You've got this this issue now with with Israel and Palestine. Um, there's concerns about China and Taiwan. Who knows what the fuck North Korea is thinking? Um, you know, also we're dealing with our own shit here in the U.S. Uh, and so that spot, that speakership, needs to get filled. Um, and you know, we need a sane person there. And I, I just, I don't know. Did Democrats make a mistake uh, by helping Gates to push McCarthy out? Because then the question is, how long are you going to be without a speaker? Because it seems like getting a consensus on who will replace him from the GOP side is going to be tough. Then will Gates and his team and his group of eight or whatever reach out to Democrats to try to get somebody in, um, you know, making promises to them about who knows what? Uh or or what, right? Like, I mean, like, who, you know, how long is this going to take? Who's it going to be? Um, and what happens in the meantime? Because Congress can't do anything without a speaker. Correct. Like they can't. There's nothing that they can do. So, um, you know, it, you have to get it figured out. Yep. Um, you know, so one thing I heard on, uh, this was probably on CNN, they were saying, will Matt Gates get Cawthorned? Which I thought was kind of funny because an Oklahoma congressman came out and talked about how Matt Gates was showing videos of girls he was banging on the House floor and basically outing the guy for stuff that we had heard in the past. Now we've got a Republican congressman from Oklahoma saying, oh, yeah, all that was true. And then he jumps in with, of course, this was before he was married. I'm like, okay, why does that fucking matter? Okay, okay. Um, 
And, uh, and you know, with Madison Cawthorn outed the Republicans for cocaine-fueled sex parties, and the next thing you know, all of his dirt came up. I'm guessing Gates has some dirt. I'll be curious to see if that happens. Not that it makes it any better. I think what you were saying, though, is what would have happened if the Democrats had backed McCarthy and said, fuck you, you can't remove this guy. And that's a dangerous game to play. I, I mean, I think Democrats probably should have stayed out of it. And they did. They voted 100% for Hakeem Jeffries, I think. Uh, or they said they would. No, they did. They did. They voted. I'm sorry. They voted to allow it to happen. They voted right. to allow him to be removed. And I, I mean, they heard, voted. I mean, you know, Gates put it out there, and yep. eight. I think it was like eight Republicans voted with Democrats to remove him. Um, and I think that, you know, it, right. It's. I mean, you know, Democrat. That was an easy one. They could have said, mm, I don't know if we want to really get involved with this. Let's just keep it and keep things moving. Um, you know, with. The number of instances, you know, obviously before what happened in, in, in Israel, but I mean, there are there was already plenty on the table. You've got a, a, a looming uh, government shutdown in, in a month uh, that we need to be dealing with. And yep. now that's on the back burner until you get a, a speaker replaced. And, and, you know, it took, what, 15, 16, 18, almost 20 it, some odd it, votes. It was 15. You know, uh, double-digit votes to get McCarthy in. So uh, what is it, what's it going to be like to get this next person in? Right. It also took McCarthy conceding a situation that allowed this to happen. Exactly. Right? He allowed himself to be in a spot where he could be easily removed if he offended the folks that were blocking him in the first place. He did it. They went through with it. Um, I Another one, I don't know what the right solution is. Um, you mentioned Trump being... Potentially, you know, uh, nominated. Now, I think he's backed Jim Jordan, but putting Jim Jordan in is essentially putting Trump's puppet in. The only thing that makes it worse to me is that um, I've talked about potential coups getting worse in the past. If Trump were to become Speaker of the House, he's third in line. If you think these wack wacko militia groups wouldn't do something to try to get him put back in the Oval Office that way, I, I'm not saying they succeed. I have a lot of faith uh... in Secret Service. But I, I don't know. I mean, that's just, I mean, you got, so, I don't know. You got to kill two people, two people, Biden and Harris. Um, I mean, I, I'm, again, I'm not suggesting that, uh, again, I, I'm suggesting that that will get talked about in these militia groups and someone maybe, might try it. I don't think sure, they'd succeed. Uh, I, I, it's probably not good business to go down that road. Um, you know, again, will they talk about it? Sure. I'm sure people talk about it every day. Um, but that's, that's a big, big, it's a big leap that, you know, that, that's a big jump to make that they, that they would try to go that far. Um, you know, and, and I guess it, it could it be a possibility. Yes. It's not one that I, I really want to discuss I, 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 too much more. I'm fine with punting on it. Just saying uh, that that's been in my yeah, head no. and it's terrifying to me because I've listened to a lot of, uh, of Trump, uh, rally speeches in the last couple of days and, I've got a lot of friends on the liberal side who talk about, you know, Trump is a Nazi. Trump is, you know, trying to do things the same style as, as Hitler. And, and I generally think that's an overreaction. But some of the stuff I heard him say sounded awful Nazi-ish. Like, the radical left and the communists are destroying this country. These locusts are descending upon us. When you start comparing people to locusts, the first thing that I think of Granted, it's a movie, but it's a movie based on real things, is Hotel Rwanda. And I don't remember which tribe was referring to the other tribe as cockroaches, 
but dehumanizing and saying these awful creatures, these disgusting, ugly creatures are trying to ruin your livelihood and ruin your country and take your life. It makes people do crazy shit. And well, he look, was I mean, full, full, you know, I mean, full boogie on that. He's still, you know, Trump and Stephen Miller are still close. Stephen Miller, uh, you know, took some of those very uh, fascist-like positions on, you know, immigration and uh, just anything dealing with non-white people. So, I mean, that's yeah. not all that surprising. Um, you know, and, and again, uh, you're not wrong. Um, you know, Trump, I mean, you have January 6th as a, as a prime example. Um, you, you could also argue that January 6th is a prime example of why I'm not overly concerned about them trying to assassinate the president. I mean, okay. you know, if that's, you know, if that's their planned, organized, whatever, then I, I mean, like it, it's, and, and it's, it's sort of, you know, I go to the bank robbery cause people were like, oh, well. You know, if they were trying to take over the government, they did a shitty job. I'm like, look, if you try to rob a bank and you do a shitty job and you get caught, you still go to jail. They don't say, oh, well, you didn't do a good job of this. Your guns weren't real. You didn't have a real exit strategy and you guys suck at robbing banks, right? Like you still get handcuffed, get arraigned and go to jail for that attempt. Um, You know, so... You know, to your point about someone trying to take out Biden or Harris, I'm not as much concerned about it. I think even if they did try, it would likely be sniffed out long before anything Uh, actually happened. But I mean, it's definitely it's it's further chaos. Where we are, where we are politically, um, I don't know if anything is really off the table. Okay, right, Um, and and so I can't, I won't uh, dismiss much of anything um but i do think we need to you know rank things in terms of sure. probability and, and likelihood and, and um based off what we know yeah and again i'm certainly i'm just saying that sent a chill down my spine with if trump became speaker would these nut jobs who believe if we do this we'll get pardoned by trump because we've seen that happen before yeah and um, uh, and i think you're you know I'm not. That's, I, again, I'm you know. I mean, punt on you know, topic. that's not my wheelhouse. Um, that's kind of, uh, I don't know, lowest common denominator BS. But what I will say though is that you know Trump does pose issues if he moves into that speaker position. Um, you know, and you get similar issues if it's someone that's uh, you know a Jim a Jim Jordan or a Trump loyalist. Um, they're going to you know be pushing for things to benefit Trump. Sure. Um, any way that they can, especially if it's Jim Jordan. Um, you yeah, know, he's a puppet. He is an absolute puppet. You know, Steve Scalise is another one that's been brought up, and, and for whatever reason, people think that Scalise would be more tolerable. Um, not much more. Like, I mean, he's very MAGA Trump esque. He, you know, leans heavily. He was shot at the uh, annual softball, game, softball yeah. game, you know, years back. Uh, he's also fighting cancer at the moment. He's got like a blood cancer. Uh, that he's dealing with. I don't know what his status is on that, and I don't know if we have a, a true, um, you know, a, a real a real good grasp on that. I'm sure they're keeping everything pretty close to the vest. Um, you know, the, just some of the names thrown out there, um, you know, a thought in my head would be uh, Liz Cheney, you know, getting some support for, for her as speaker. You know, could Liz Cheney get, you know, 10 or 15 Republicans to support her and then get the Democrats on board to move into that speakership, 
right? Because if you get eight to 15 Republicans and all the Democrats, then, you know, yeah, there's your I speaker. Mean, it, it's going to be awkward for Democrats to vote for a Republican for speaker, but Liz Cheney might be the exception to that mm-hmm. because Liz Cheney represents sticking the thumb in the eye of, of MAGA. Right, and we, we, we know where she comes out on Trump, January 6th, all his shenanigans. Um, she's not going to let uh, anyone kind of mess around with some of these investigations into Trump. Uh, so I, I would, uh, you know, wouldn't be great, but, I mean, if that's one where it, 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 at some point it's going to come back and bite you as, uh, you know, regarding the Democrats. Um, you know, again, I... I with any of these politicians, I trust them as far as they can, again, physically pick me up and throw me, um, all 267 pounds of me. Down to 267. Uh, Good for you. Yeah, I've, I've been here for a couple of years now. Okay, I thought you were like 275, 280, but... No, I, I haven't. <laughs> Your weight was not on the whiteboard, sorry. Yeah, I mean, like, if, if I'm competing, I'll let my weight get up over 270 to like 272, but that's literally for like a week. And okay. then, um, but I've been down under 270 now for like you know, uh, like two and a half years. Sorry for not noticing and speaking. Of, no, I'm no. Joking, I'm joking. It's, it's actually probably been longer than that. Cause it was probably like right after, like right after I quit drinking in COVID and my liver shutting down and all the other bullshit, um, weight went down. But anyway, yes, I, I whether I'm 290 or 260, I'm still no a hard no person to pick me up and throw me very far. I don't trust these politicians, whatever that distance is. Um, and so, like I said, I think that, you know, Making a deal with the devil and somebody like Liz Cheney coming in won't be quite as bad as having like a Jim Jordan or a Trump, but you are going to pay a price as Democrats, whoever you make a deal with to get into that seat because you just don't have the votes to get, you know, Hakeem Jeffries or the person sure. you want in. Oh, you're not going to Democrat, right. of course. Um, the isn't Liz Cheney, Hasn't Liz Cheney come out and said she's not running for re-election? I'm almost sure she did, which doesn't mean she can't be speaker, but that also gives her a level of freedom. When you're yeah. a lame duck, you can just give the double bird to whoever you want and go, hey. I don't know if she's come out and said it. I, I don't know. I, I think she may be trying to slow play it a little bit just to kind okay. of see how things shake out. Um, I know Kinzinger said he's, yeah, Kinz- he's out, isn't he? Right, Kinzinger is out. But, uh, you know, and, and I'm not sure. And, and it, again, it doesn't much matter, right, whether she's – running again or not, right, or okay. she's in right now or she's not because the position, it's just, it, the one thing, and I've said this countless times with Trump coming into office is if it was, if there's any good to take from it, it exposed the various weaknesses within the way our system is structured and the lack of actual teeth um, in it to, 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 to kind of counteract people who go, you know, awry right. to a degree, right? You know, Trump has, you know, pushed and crossed limits and boundaries since before he got into the White House, you know, going back to showing his taxes. Um, and, you know, Trump's thing is, we'll just do it. If they say we can't, then we'll just sue somebody. We'll tie it up in court until either somebody goes broke, someone gets tired of it, or we get a decision one way or another. Um, we'll appeal it until we get a final say from whoever, appellate court, Supreme Court, and we'll keep pushing. Uh, and that has just created so much, you know, just chaos and misinformation and um, has allowed a lot of people, that, you know, and, and Trump loves living in this world of, 
you know, not, I don't want to say a gray area, right? But in dealing with him, if you want to, if you, if you at least want to keep your side of the argument, um, I think legit, you do need to pay attention to what he says, how he says it, um, because he said he does say things in a way that do give him sort of some what we'll call flexibility, right? right. And so, you know, you you call him out. Well, he said this, like, oh, did he really say that, or did he say this, right? And you're like, well, yeah, he said, well, yeah, that's exactly it, right? Like, he, he you know, like take going back to his inauguration. Right. Oh, I was the biggest inauguration, biggest crowd, biggest viewership, whatever in the world, right? And you're looking on it on regular TV, and you're like, no, and it's just like, ah, but if you include the numbers on YouTube, then, uh, okay, right. yes, Fine. right? But then every year going forward, you know, every inauguration going forward, it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger as you get more people on the internet using streaming and things like that, and it's going to impact you know, cable TV viewership, when you look at people cutting the cord, it's going to affect those numbers. Now, did Trump take all that into consideration when he said it? No. Or did someone just throw it at him? And, and they just, spun and, it to make right. him not sound like an idiot. Exactly. But, I mean, like, the, those are the sort of things that he does. Um, but with him as the president and as he does a lot of that. Um, and so you have to be very careful and paying attention to what he says, how he says it. Because in attacking it for being a lie or not true, when technically it can be true, right? And well, this is the whole alternative facts thing, right? I believe yes. that's where that term was first used. Well, that was Kelly or, and Conway threw that right. out there on, on the Sunday talk shows, you know, awesome during um, you know the early part of his his uh, his presidency. You know, and saying, well, the, you know, and then she was, you know, so the reporter, like, well, you know, blah, 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 you said this. I'm like, well, you know, like, we believe those are alternative facts. You know, and I remember the whoever it was on the, on the whether it was, uh, what's his name? Um, Chuck Todd? Yeah, Todd or whatever. It was like, well, there's facts. That's it. She's like, oh, no, 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 no. There's, there's facts and there's alternative facts, right? Um, and that's that's the world that they live in, right? And, and it has exposed so, again, various weaknesses and, and uh, different ways that you could attack our system and not really, there's not a whole lot of a recourse for it, right? No. Like, so what do we do? And they've gotten away with dishonesty at really impressive levels. Like the one that always pops into my head because it's so fucking obvious was when Fox News showed all the people outside the Trump rally and this massive horde of, of people. And the video they showed was the Cleveland Cavaliers parade. Right. So they showed a million people in downtown Cleveland and made it sound like it was downtown Houston. And that should have been very disqualifying for Fox. That People should have said, okay, you're making shit up. That's not an accident. That's deliberate deception. Yeah. And no no consequences. Yeah, and that's why, you know, and, and I'm at a point now when you're just like, can you believe they said this? And just like, yeah. Yeah, it don't matter. It doesn't fucking matter, right? Because the, the Trump loyalists are just that, right? Like, there's they are loyal till death i don't know like may, you get very incremental fractions of a percent of a percent that will be like all right this thing that trump did is my last straw um but for the most part he's got you know that 30 percent of the of the gop that are just like anything that anyone says about him that's bad is a lie or it's the deep state right or it's the globalist or george soros or hunter biden or hillary whatever right like there's just that's it 
right? Like yep. there's everything that he says is right. Everything, anyone who says anything bad about him is trying to attack him because they have Trump, Trump derangement syndrome. And if you just did everything his way and did everything the way that the GOP and conservatives and MAGA wants, then everything would be perfect and there would be no issues. And that's the utopia that they're trying to get to. I mean, yeah, that's, and it's really tough to argue with people who literally, you can't. Yeah. It's, and that's what I, and that, and that's why I try to tell, I'm like, okay, dude, like you, you can do this if you want. It ain't doing any good. Right. Like you're, you're just doing it to, I guess, maybe make yourself feel better. I, I, I don't know. Like I, I, I cause I, I don't argue with these people anymore. I, I legitimately I, don't. I, well, I put myself in a situation where I get sought out because I'm quote unquote, the liberal who can talk to. Um, and so there's like four or five people who like can't wait to see me and drop their latest knowledge on me. Um, but, uh, and you know, this is true left and right. Uh, we are exceptions to this, but there's people who just only listen to stuff that reaffirms what they want to hear. Yeah. And MAGA is a hundred percent that. Yeah. So, and again, when I watch Fox and first, you know, everything is Biden's fault. The only reason that Israel was attacked was Biden's fault. And oh, by the way, Congress, or sorry, Senator Rand Paul voted against Iron Shield funding. That could come back to bite him in the ass, and it should, because that was a shitbag thing to do. Um, I mean, the Iron Shield is purely a defensive uh, system. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, if you don't want to put... And also, for those who don't know what the Iron Shield is, it's this missile defense Iron system. Iron Dome, I'm sorry. Iron Dome. Right, the Iron Dome, Iron Shield, it's a missile defense system over Israel that, you know, something comes in, literally anything that's not supposed to, then you get a whole shitload of really nasty missiles that take it out. Yeah. Uh, Surface to air We missiles, actually yep. saw it uh, in use, like, because uh, Hamas tried something, I want to say maybe a year ago, um, and the Iron Dome went off, and it's, it's quite the spectacle to see on video. I'm sure. A missile shooting uh, a missile I mean, out of the sky? Well, it's not a, it's not, it's like 10 to 1. Okay. Right, like, or something ridiculous. Like, it's not just a missile, like, it, it's a whole bunch. Like, for every one you send, you're getting a whole bunch um, from this system, and it, it's just, it's crazy to see in action. Um, but, you know, will that come back to bite Rian Paul? I, I, I mean, here's the, what is coming back to really hurt these these politicians. In in the case of Rand Paul, it will be funding from Israeli supporting, you know, groups. So groups that support Israel, which there's a lot of them, okay. putting a lot of money into these guys. And um, if they stop putting money into Rand Paul's campaign or start funding his opponents, whether it's at a primary or in a general election, it could impact him. And, and I just, it could, well, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, you're you're right. Like that definitely could hurt him. I I, I mean, even some of these. You know, the, uh, uh, what is it, the ADL, right? Um, they, you know, were all pissed off at Elon Musk for some stuff that he said or allowed on right. X or Twitter or whatever. And they said they were going to stop advertising. And, you know, then they had a meeting and, you know, money was discussed. And now all of a sudden they're back to advertising again. And Elon Musk is, is hey, glad you're back on the platform and blah, blah, blah. And, and he kind of took a stab at him i thought where i was just like what are you guys doing like if you're so you know amped up about what's morally right why just jump off and go to threads right but they didn't so um 
yeah, we'll see if it impacts Rand Paul and his campaigns and everything else. Like, I mean, if I don't even know, I don't think he's up again. I don't think he's up I don't for know. re-election anytime soon. So I, I highly doubt that it will come back to bite him. But you could be right. We'll see. No, we'll, we'll see. Um, that's one of the things that people remember, though. Like when you do something for, that offends the general American public, wait a couple news cycles and it can go away. Uh, asking for money from folks that blame you for this. That's not going to go away. But, yeah, we will see when it, when it becomes relevant. I don't know what his, uh, the status of his term is. We should ask uh, Whiskey Ben uh, uh, about that. He's a Kentucky resident now. Pretty sure we could look it up. Oh, we could look it up. But I just want to bring up Whiskey Ben. We haven't talked to him in a while. Um, and all this is going on with Trump going back and forth to court in New York. He's getting hammered in New York. Now, they're going to appeal everything. But he's done shit that could, if it was a normal person... Revealing the information regarding the clerk for the judge in your case, whether this clerk is now getting death threats and requiring additional security. If a normal person did that, um, they would be behind bars now. Now, I'm not saying I expect Trump to be. I'm just saying this is another one of those. He's daring the legal system to push back. And it's a very complicated thing to do because, um, you know... Who knows how nuts people go. One thing I've been wanting to say for months now is I keep hearing people, Trump, saying this is what happens in banana republics. No, what happens in banana republics is people try to overthrow a government when they lose an election, which did happen. And in a banana republic, those people are dead in a week, if not immediately. Now, I'm not suggesting that I wanted the National Guard to mow down the January 6th folks, but in a banana republic, that's what happens, and the failed coup leader ends up dead. Um, I want to say was a real good example of this and uh, of that happening. I want to say maybe Nicaragua in the fifties or sixties, or was it Honduras? I can't. Remember. I don't. Okay, but um, you know, yeah, his use of words and things like that. I mean, come on. Um, you know what I will say though, with Trump and a lot of this stuff, I think you're right. It's hard to navigate. Um, you know, exposing the clerk and, and, you know, basically doxing the clerk. Um, And the court's got to be careful here, right? Like, you already know that you've got a motion-happy defendant that, you know, wants to appeal every aspect. So it's really sort of a case of pick your battles. Yeah. Um, You're dealing with a high-profile defendant. Um, There's a lot riding on it. Yeah, you're not supposed to look at the political implications, but you this is a real you world. Avoid it. You can't ignore it. And so, yeah, he's getting away with things that you wouldn't be able to get away with, and you have to look at them and say, will this impact the outcome of the case? Situation with the clerk, it's unfortunate, but the clerk isn't going to have really any sort of say on his guilt or innocence or if right. he's, or what it is. So you, you look at that situation... If, if, you know, if, if you have to weigh it, right, what's the value of this, right? And you say, oh, well, everybody's, the same rules apply. They don't. Not all the same rules. They do not apply to everybody. Sorry. Um, you know, Bill Parcells said it years ago when he was coaching the Cowboys. It's like, I, I, I don't coach the Pro Bowl guys the same as I approach the guys that went undrafted. It's just not the same. Right. You know, my Pro Bowl guys, my, my, my stars, my, my studs. They get away with shit that the little guys don't get away with, right? Now you say, oh, well, that's football, and this is government. Well, sorry to tell you, 
That's how real life works too. That's not fair. I don't care. I don't care that you don't think it's fair and you could stomp and protest and yell all the fuck you want. You got to go back a couple hundred years if you want to undo this system that we got here, right? So the system that we have now, certain people get treated differently. And again, you don't like it, I don't like it, but that's what it is. Right. And so because that's what it is, these judges got to look at this situation and sort of figure out how to navigate it because what you don't want is you don't want to slap Trump with all these, you know, little fine here and all this other shit right. and throw more shit out there to say that it was biased, that he's got, a, you know, an appeal, that this affected that, impacted that. Right. And if you got a clear case or if you got a slam dunk case or you got a case that the state can win, you don't want to jeopardize it, you know, trying to make, you know, a little snarky guy at some fucking bar somewhere happy. Go, oh, look, yeah, you got Trump for doing this thing about the clerk, whatever. Like, sorry, that like small potatoes, much, much bigger end target here than those things. So you have to even some some of the stuff he's going to get bolder. It may get more blatant. I think he'll get some stern warnings, maybe get some fines if, if he gets a little too out of line. But I think even he and his team know that they, they, got, they have to be careful, right? Because on, on the flip side, right, you, you don't want to get too obvious with trying to tamper with this whole thing um, and make things even worse and add additional charges um, that are legitimate, that can be proven because you played them out on social media in the news. Um that, that end up getting you, right? Like, so, I mean, there, there's a lot to take into account with how to handle Trump in, in these proceedings. Uh, it, it's not easy, and a lot of people are going to be upset because he's getting away with things that they, as, as you know, non-celebrities can get away with. And, uh, sorry, I mean, uh, it's, you. I don't know, go be president and then get yourself indicted and see what happens. I, I, I don't know. You know, I mean, it's just like, look, I mean, yeah, it sucks and it's not fair, but I, I, I'm not fighting that fight right now. Um, and then moving on to Biden. And so Biden has ordered the building of sections of, of border wall. And all the right wing shows are treating this as a celebration saying, see, we told you so. We should have built the wall. It's your fault. It's Biden's fault. Biden's going against his campaign promise, which I guess to a degree he is. But I've said all along. Building a border wall across the southern border is fucking stupid. That doesn't mean there aren't areas that should be reinforced with barriers, walls, whatever you want to call them. So there's places where it makes sense. Just the whole, we're going to build a 10-foot wall across the entire southern border was fundamentally dumb. Well, the, again, the problem is is that we don't, no one uses like nuance and they don't, people aren't specific enough when they speak, right? Oh, you just need to build a wall, right? Like if Trump would have come out and said, like, look, we're going to look at it. There's certain sections where we could build a wall that can, you know, help reduce or eliminate, you know, illegal crossings. Uh, other areas, we're going to look at technology. Other areas, we're yeah. going to look at, you know, manpower or whatever. I think that, that that is something that people can get behind across the board easy, no problem. Um, and I think that we need to push, you know, ourselves and people around us and, and obviously our leaders and politicians to actually have more thought in the way that they speak. Um, I get it. Everybody's trying to get the soundbite because we've got the attention span of fucking gnats. But part of that is because it, it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Like if you, because the one thing that would start to stand out, if you had someone that were more articulate in how they spoke and took 
into consideration what they are actually trying to say and transfer to people um, and, and put more thought behind it and were more clear, uh, it could help diffuse a lot of, of the bullshit that happens on these talk shows and yeah. um, just it, in general and, and makes it even hard, like would make it harder for someone to say, well, you didn't say that, you didn't do this, you didn't take into this in account, right? Um, but they're not doing that, right? It's just what's the easiest, quickest, most attention-getting thing that I could say. Um, and, you know, and Biden is guilty of that, right? Like, he should, you know, he should have said, like, look, we're going to look at every particular aspect of the border sure. and figure out where, you know, you need some sort of physical barrier and where there's other things that we could use to help, you know, stop illegal crossings you know, help those who are legitimately trying to come across the border uh, and deal with those seeking asylum. You know, we need to add, you know, the we need to create a whole entire flow chart and all to explain kind of what our process is and, and, you know, take us through it and just be like, look, that also takes a lot of work. There's a lot of things that we need to look at. It's going to take time, but we're going to have teams working on it from day one and then actually have a team, you know, working on it from day one and putting together a viable plan and not just, you know, cause there's one thing to actually put together a plan that you're going to execute. There's a whole nother thing to writing a speech that sounds good. That talks about the things that you're going to do, whether you plan on doing them or not, whether you have a way on executing them or not. Right. And so before you come out with the speech about it, you should probably have the actual plan. I don't feel like they had an actual plan at any given time other than it was a, uh, all right, Hey, we need to take care of the border. We need to look at it. Uh, Kamala, that's going to be your thing. Why don't you go ahead and, uh, you know, put together some sort of speech about it. I'll put together a speech about it, and then we'll, we'll, we'll get right on that, right? Then they're on to the next thing. No one ever gets on it, but the speeches get written. You know, someone gives a speech in January of 2021 or February or March of 2021 about the border, and then nothing actually happens, right? And then if something has actually happened, they've done a dog shit job of telling us what that is, and the numbers don't reflect it. Um, and there is a problem at the border. And so I feel like you haven't checked any of the boxes other than we, you wrote some speeches about it. Right. You know, right. And now, and, it's, and now and, it's so bad that you got to do something. So it's like, I don't know, just fucking say we'll build a wall and they're going to give a shit about Trump. I, I don't care. Just do it and somebody try to start building the wall. Right. That's what this feels like. Okay. Well, I mean, you're right to say that this has been nothing but lip service, frankly, from both sides. I mean, they did nothing but lip service for 30 years. 30 years. Yeah, I understand. And, you know, we don't, we don't demand actual uh, results from our politicians. We, people respond to speeches and what they hear on their sources of information, and that's good I would enough argue, to keep going. Look, I, I would argue that people in Texas have been demanding actual okay. action. And as much as I think Greg Abbott is an idiot, and I wouldn't vote for that guy in PTA to be a fucking treasurer, I, 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 like he's, he's doing some. I don't like the way he's going about it. I think that there is some some racist vitriol that he is using, right? Like, in I, I, whether it's him, how he feels in his hearts of hearts, or he knows that there are people who, you know, like the the uh, uh, you know axe and hammer approach the firebrand. to the firebrand of dealing with it, whatever. I think he's he's it's very disingenuous what and how he's going about it, but he is taking action and it's extreme and I think it's inhumane. 
Um, but this is what happens when the feds don't do their job. Right now, you've left a guy who he's the governor. He he does have responsibility to the constituents in his state. I don't like the way he's going about it, and he has other options. But when you when you don't level set and provide the pathway to do it when you're the federal government, and he's like, all right, well, it's my state, and I'm I'm going to do it. I've got my own. I've got sovereignty. I'm going to do it how I want to do it. Um, then this is you leave yourself open to shit like this, uh, to what the type of shit that Greg Abbott is doing down there, um, and that that is on Biden. Sure, you know, like because you there there are things that you could do to help that situation. Get your ass down there, talk to Abbott, go look at the border, go look at the places that are the worst. You know, go 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 f- and take have a team with you, take it and then figure and talk to the people that are talk to Border Patrol, talk to ICE, talk to the judges, talk to the lawyers and the social workers and everybody. Reaffirm what you already know that you don't have enough manpower in any of those things that I just talked about. You don't have enough facilities. You you don't have the right or enough technology. And yes, you don't have enough of a physical barrier to stop it. So start to put together a plan to fucking resolve this shit. What, yeah, so I mean, this should be where the department of the head of the Department of Homeland, Homeland Security, and I don't know who that is, but whoever that is should be literally in Greg Abbott's office in the office of the uh, governor of New Mexico and Arizona and California. I would argue that regularly that uh, you know a year ago it should have been a one way ticket down to Texas if you're the you know head of Homeland Security and say all right we're going to figure this out. Right. But, I mean, you can't exclude New Mexico, yeah. Arizona, California. But, I mean, you know, I mean, like, it's, Texas is kind of the center of it. So the, sure. you start there and, and you figure it out. But all the things that we said aren't happening. Right. Well, no. like I said, if they are, why aren't we hearing about it? Right. And, and if they are, then they need to do a better job of explaining it. And I don't want to hear it's above your pay grade or no. You're talking about national security. You're talking about people's lives. You're talking about whether it's the people coming in and everything that they're dealing with, sex, drugs, you know, sex trafficking, human trafficking, drug trafficking, um, just safety once they get here. Like, just what happens to those people, right? Um, all those sort of things. Like, we 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 need better answers on what to do with it, and it is a big fucking problem. But we got a big fucking government that I'm paying a lot of money in taxes. So what the fuck was that money going to? Right. And and you know, I think I've heard this said to other people, but it could apply to us. What we see in Ohio versus what you see on the border in Texas are very very different things. Very different. We we see stuff on TV. We you know you and I pay attention to it, uh, but listen, we're not. I've been in New Mexico. I've been in Texas. I've been I've been in these places the last few years. I've, I've actually right. I, now I don't go to the border and sit there. And sit, but like, listen, you talk to them. They're dealing with it. It's on their news, right? Like it's not like it's not just talking heads on Fox News, right? Like you got people, literally local news in New Mexico, local news in Texas, right? Video cameras there. Like, hey, these people are just kind of coming across. No one's really doing anything. They're going different ways. That guy's got a bundle of shit. Looks like packets of drugs. I don't know what to do, Mark. Back to you. How's the weather? Right. Right? Like, I mean, what are we doing here? Um, you know, and again, just go, kind of going to the, the lack of... of function and execution in our federal government on this issue alone uh it's just it's problematic i'm not going to put this all on biden because no president before him has done much of anything with it right i mean we know obama in in his administration they arrested a whole bunch of people and sent a whole bunch of people back 
Um, but we still had the issue, right? And so right. W- w- what are we doing about it domestically? What are we doing about it internationally? Because, again, you have to get the root causes of the problems in these countries where these people are coming from. Um, and I just I, I feel like we're not getting much of anything uh, as to what they're doing about the problem domestically or, or internationally. So, so we're, all we we're left with is, is reckless, reckless speculation. Yeah. And, and, and talking points from both sides and such a political football. And I don't want to be this cynical, but I can't help but do it a little bit is how much does, how much do the elites in the government really want to solve this problem? Because it's according to the right, Democrats love this because people who cross the border are eventually going to become Democratic voters. I don't believe that that's their motivation, but that's a talking point. And then, you know, on the left, it's, well, if you don't want to help every single one of these people, you're a racist. You called that out last week. That's not a strategy either, but it's still a talking point that works well in getting voter, you know, Hispanic uh, American voters to say, we can't trust the Republicans. I don't know. So the last couple points there. Those are just talking points, right? Oh, that's, well, what I'm calling, that's what I'm calling out. Well, <laughs> what I'm saying is we don't know. Like, are these people coming? Are they even voting? Right? Are they even risking voting? Right? Like, I mean, and most of them aren't that, that, becoming legal, right? Because that's, again, it's that's, a, that's a talking point, but it's a talking point that works, right? So, but I think if you're gonna again addressing the overall issue, how you do that is like, look you motherfuckers think that these people are coming in voting Democrat, then you need to go and figure out, like, all right, how many people are coming in, how many people are actually coming citizens and have the ability to vote, right? Sure. And then, and then who are they voting for, right? Like, and, and figuring that out and just, like, being able to prove number one, like, if, they, if that is what's happening, that they are coming across and saying, hey, the Democrats made this possible, yay, we're going to vote for them. I don't feel that that's what, what's happening. I can't support I don't know. I haven't dug into it. I, I don't I, think that's what's happening. I'm I, not saying that's what's happening. I'm right? saying that's what Republicans are saying is the mo- motivation again, of the Democrats. Like, and the Democrats, need, you need to deal with that. You need to figure out, is that, what, is that what is actually happening? Or are these people terrified to walk into that sort of situation because they feel that they might get deported because they actually aren't legal? Or even if they are legal, they feel that there's some sort of, you know, it's hard to get comfortable with that concept depending on where you come from. So are, what's the reality True. that they're actually going out and voting? And I think I need people, to, you got to do more. I don't give a fuck about it being a talking point. What I care about is what is actually happening. Right. The problem is the Democrats need to figure out what is happening to the people that are coming here and being able to show what what it is. Right. Well, and then how you deal with it. And then, and then and you can start to figure out solutions based off off of that. Right. And the re, here's the reason why they don't do it, because I don't think they're tracking them. They're not. We know they're not tracking them. They don't know. Right? Because they don't know, it allows the Republicans to literally drive the narrative because Democrats do a shit job of, dri- of, of pushing narratives. And, and, and the Republicans, are comf- they don't care whether it's true or accurate or not. No. They, alternative it's a, facts. It's a, great, it's, it's a great talking point. And we, I actually heard this on, I, uh, I can't remember who said it, but we were talking last week that the root of all this, we know, everyone knows, the root of all this is cartels. cartels. And America's appetite for drugs coming through uh, from the cartels. I don't know how to cut the head off that snake, 
But that's a necessity. Whether it's saying, okay, the drug war we've had sucks and we're going to go to the um, Switzerland model of if you're a drug addict, we'll give you a clinic, we'll give you your fix, you know, we'll be discreet. I Listen, don't, I'm not suggesting I like that plan, is, but it's better. You go after the cartels. But the problem How? is... <laughs> Uh, you could listen if you can go after fucking terrorists in Afghanistan, Iraq, Iran, wherever. You can go right. after the fucking drug cartels. Drug cartels will tell you where they're at. They don't. They they're not even hiding anymore, right? Like they like we know who they are. We know who the heads. We know who the leaders are. We know all that stuff. Now, the issue we have to get through is the political red tape, right? Some of these go, but we're not even like. I don't even know if you have to start with the cartels in Mexico. Right, go down to fucking uh, Nicaragua. Go down to El Salvador. Go to right, like go to these other places. See what their governments are willing to do in terms of working with the U.S. in terms of rooting these out. Look, it may not be the best idea to send our military into these countries to deal with the drug cartels. Yeah, it could be ugly, but what you're you're not doing anything right now. True, but you said this a couple weeks ago, maybe yeah, two weeks ago, that it's tough to do that because the cartels are so infiltrated into the governments of these countries. There's so much, yes. you know, so much money and whether it's corruption or fear, it doesn't fucking matter if they basically own the government. I didn't say it was going to be easy. I know, I know you didn't. I didn't say it was going to be easy. And that's also the other part, right? Everyone's like with so many things, uh, I deal with, especially, you know, like starting a business, starting a company, um, you know, I've gone out, offered consulting services and I've talked to different groups and, you know, a lot of the pushback on some of the things that I propose, that is, that sounds very hard. That, yeah, I don't know, right? Right, like housing authorities who, like I'm literally saying, like I could bring money into your housing authority doing this. And they're like, that sounds like a lot of work. I don't want to do it, right? And so our federal government is no different, right? Yeah, I mean, we know the way to do it is to get rid of the cartels, which means we got to work with the government, but that's hard, right? Like, the, oh, the whole thing. Like, the fuck are you paying the CIA and the NSA and all these other fucking people to do? Figure out who you can trust. Track them, follow them. It, it ain't going to happen overnight. This is something that is going to take years. Get started on it, right? And start to root them out. Start to root them out and start to actually address this and attack it. Right? And figuring out ways to not push Mexico into the arms of China, figure out how to not push Venezuela into the arms of New Mexico, like, or uh, um, North Korea, figuring out how, like, yeah, it is hard and it is dangerous and risky and you run the risk of things going very sideways. But and it, and sitting here and doing nothing and letting this shit and letting people just continue to get slaughtered and dragged across the fucking Central America and then dealing with everything they have to deal with at the at the southern border of the US, right? And then having all these people coming into the country and having no idea where they are, what they're doing, what happens to them, everything else, none of that is acceptable. So I'm sorry, at some point, you're gonna have to d- go the other route. It's all hard, it all sucks. So pick a different hard and a different suck. Right? I mean, yeah. I mean I'm not gonna poke holes in like, what could go wrong because you just said it. It's hard. There is no... There's plenty that could go fucking wrong. Now, now doing... Because everything's going right right now. Yeah. Doing it with a fractured government makes it that much harder. And this is an issue that Democrats and Republicans should be saying, this is national security. You know, we do want to respect humanity and dignity. At the same time, what we're doing now ain't working. And what do they say? The definition of insanity. Doing the same thing again and again and expecting a different result. This is also stupid, but... um, Why is that stupid? 
No, 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 no. I just the, the definition of insanity. Okay. Like I feel like it should be something else. Okay. Um, but the larger point holds. Though. The larger point does hold, and so I guess to my point is also the other issue you have right is neither Republicans and Democrats don't want the other to be responsible for getting it right. Right, so they both rather sit here and deal with this quagmire bullshit, right, than say, all right, okay, fine. If that that sounds like an effective plan, we'll back it, we'll support it. Let whoever, let whatever Republican take the credit for it, Republican or let whatever Democrat. Like neither one of them is willing to do that. That's also the other problem at play here. Yeah. Right. I mean, like someone could have. I'm sure there's some, you know, intern or some. you know, worker for one of these senators or whatever, probably wrote a whole playbook on how to fix all this, right? Like, they got some brilliant people down there. I've, I've talked with plenty of these people, uh, some of these staffers for, for a lot of these different uh, senators, congressmen, um, the people who probably should be in these roles, right? right? But they're not because they're not the face. And I'm sure that one of them, at some point, wrote a playbook on how to fix it. And someone saw it and said, that is good, that is too good. They put it in a drawer and they locked that thing away. Right, and that's the sort of shit that will keep us where we're at right now. You know the name Mike Vickers? Yes. Okay, Mike Vickers basically was a brilliant strategist and had a lot to do with what happened in Afghanistan in the '80s, which wasn't necessarily so brilliant. He also was key in. um, He worked for the CIA and he was key in uh, the plan that took out Bin Laden. There's got to be a Mike Vickers of the border security uh, situation that is like a legit. Very intelligent person. And you know what? I would not be at all shocked if that person exists. And that person has probably been trying to do the right thing for a period of time and being completely ignored. It could be Mike Vickers It could be. It could be Mike Vickers. I think he's still in the Middle East. Um, Or in, well, whatever. I don't know where Mike Vickers is. He's in the CIA, so if he doesn't want me to know, I'm not going to know. Yeah. Um, But, um, all right, man, we're going to run low on time. Um, So uh, Ukraine and Russia is getting uglier and uglier. Um, Russia is now saber rattling more than ever they're now attacking purely civilian targets i mean it was bad before it feels to me like it's getting worse am i well the longer this dragged out the worse it was going to be we said that you know right from the beginning yeah like from the beginning but in the beginning it was this is going to be quick russia's going to run through them it's going to be terrible ukraine showed a lot of backbone we jumped in threw a lot of money at it rest of europe is throwing a lot of money at it um i think the saber rattling for russia is like jesus christ this is going on like we can outlast you based off of numbers but we ourselves are running out of money and munitions and everything else it's getting harder and harder for us to get the shit that we need because even the countries that support us and back us are dealing with the economic pressure of inflation and everything else that's going on um, also, they have their own shit to deal with because you've got – it's not just the big bad actors that are getting bold, right? You've got your smaller, more resistant groups that are starting to get bold against some of these countries that have bad actor governments. Uh, and so, like, everyone's kind of like, all right, like, look, Russia, you guys need to start to kind of figure this out, right? Like, we're – and as we kind of support you, yeah, fuck the U.S., but we're not going to sit here and, like, fight this war with you. So it is getting uglier. Um, you know, Russia's, I think they're getting louder because they are they are stretched way thinner than they thought they ever would be in this sort of scenario. Uh, Putin now knows, like, he's basically like, look, I don't have an off-ramp. 
Um, I can't, you know, I can't shut no. this thing down. I'm not going to stop it. And it, whether it's ego or that's politically accurate or whatever, we're just, it, he ain't going the other direction. Uh, and look, I, I don't like this thing. The, the, the way to end it is for NATO to jump in and push Russia back. Problem is Star Wars World, World, World War Three, and everyone's trying to avoid it. So you know, to avoid it, we're just going to let this mess keep going. I, I said at the beginning of the uh, invasion of Ukraine that that was a real fear of mine. And I, and I acknowledged that I might have been being alarmist, but it was it, I am now more scared of that than ever. Look, when it wasn't done in a year, one way or another, then this you know, long-standing, decade-long quagmire became real. Um, real possibility, and it looks like that's the direction that we're going. Um, what could change it? U.S. just cuts off funding for Ukraine um, beyond you know this year or whatever, depending on who, how the election goes. Um, then you know Ukraine starts to not have what they need. No one jumps in to fill that role. Russia is eventually able to overtake them, maybe, probably. Right? I mean, you can't like listen. These people have fought for this long. Who knows how long they could go once you pull the plug on life support? You know. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's dark. It's you don't want to think about it because it's just you know that situation is ugly. Um, you know, I. I the one thing about that situation, though, is there's one clear difference between that and some of the other situations, like Hamas being funded by Iran. You know, we don't know exactly what their role is. We don't know. In this case, we know Russia invaded a sovereign country. Mm-hmm. That sovereign country just happens to not be part of NATO. If NATO gets involved, the only way that that ends with a good outcome that I can think of is the Russian generals say, we cannot win this. Fuck it. We're turning on Putin. That is the one and only way that that works, and that I can think of. And again, I'm not a military strategist by any means, not claiming to be. But if if we if NATO, uh, you know, gets actively involved in the fight, we are basically in World War Three. Yeah, I mean, because I, I don't know who else that pulls into that fight. You know, I mean, um, I don't either. I don't think know, China's going to put troops on the ground in this. I think I don't sit know, back. but I mean, this in the age that we're living in. Does it necessarily, like, troops on the ground may be best case scenario because my bigger concern is cyber warfare. Okay, that's a very legitimate... (laughs) I mean, because look, you put troops on the ground, it doesn't impact us, whatever, but they unleash cyber warfare. Like, look, I've been a part of now two major hacks. Um, You know, one, my, you know, at my old job, we got hacked, and that was a fucking nightmare. Um, And then... Uh, company I was doing some consulting work for got hacked, right? Now, saying it out loud, it's just like now I'm the common denominator, so that kind of <laughs> sucks. Um, but the only other thing is that it's happening all over the country. I mean, shit, Vegas, you know, Caesars, MGM, they got hacked. Caesars paid, MGM didn't. MGM had a nightmare. Caesars, like, not that many people knew about it, right? Um, you know, the banks, healthcare systems, all of them. Uh, the bigger concern is utility companies. Um, I mean, they could they could fucking hack just traffic lights in a major city and fuck us up, right? So uh, it's I've got I've got a lot of concerns about you know how far this thing goes, who gets involved, and what that turns into, um, and none of it's good. Yeah. All right, we got to wrap things up. Uh, we did talk. We'll, we'll put this together. This is between Steve and I, but we're talking about doing 
little NFL segments uh, independently during the week. Sports time, clips or whatever. Yeah, yeah, time permitting. We'll we'll figure out the logistics there, but that's something to uh, look forward to. And then the last thing I want to talk about, and we can do this real quick, is RFK Jr. is now saying he's going to run as an independent. If RFK Jr. runs as an independent, the Republicans win 2024. He will take enough, assuming Biden is the Democratic nominee, which I'm still hoping against hope that he's not. But if he is, which is currently obviously the trend, I think RFK Jr. takes enough votes away from Biden to flip states like Wisconsin and Pennsylvania. There's enough people out there who don't want Biden, and they might not want Trump. And if they think, hey, this guy's a viable alternative, especially if he starts polling in double digits, Biden's toast, or the Democrats are toast. Um, I don't think it's accurate. I don't okay. necessarily agree. I don't. I just. I don't think he could pull the numbers that you think that he can. Um, it didn't take much to swing uh, Trump in twenty sixteen. Hillary. Enough people went to Gary Johnson and Jill Stein, and it was enough. Gary to- Johnson, Jill Stein. There was a whole thing with Comey releasing that. Like that, there was a lot of factors True. at play with that. I think a lot of that shit is already kind of baked in. Um, you know, could RFK swing it? Maybe. I don't, I don't necessarily, I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. Okay. Well, I don't agree with that. clearly don't agree with that. That's fine. I'm not saying that you're wrong. I I disagree with it. I mean, is, so what I'll say is there is a possibility that RFK could pull, could he pull 10% away from Biden or 3% or whatever the number is? It only takes a couple. I, I, I don't think so because I don't think that there's enough that, that, on the left or Democrats or independents that buy into his bullshit. Cause a lot of, if he were a stronger candidate, like his whole thing is he's anti-vax, right? True. He's anti-vax. And I think he's got some shit out there. Some other weird. Maybe, maybe he pulls potential Trump voters. <laughs> That's, I, I mean, that would be the, I, I honestly think that he could pull more MAGA type sympathizers who are kind of done with Trump. Right and turned off by the DeSantis thing, and also I'm curious what happens with DeSantis if things kind of go, you know, if he feels like things are just too Trump heavy and GOP, could he slide in independent and kind of throw things in? I don't know. Um, I'm not as much worried about RFK and and where where he his influence on it, but it's worth it's worth monitoring. I won't say that you're wrong. I just say as as it stands right now, I don't necessarily agree. That's that's fine, and I'm I'm not making a confident statement it's just something that very much concerns me mm. um all right uh nice cheerful episode of whiskey congress <laughs> uh not a very cheerful time right now anyway we are at whiskey congress on instagram x and threads um twitter and twitter just <laughs> fight for musk i'm fine yeah. with that or uh, ugly ass truck um <laughs> still not over the ugly ass truck we are at whiskey congress thanks for listening we're done